Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC, featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations, because great radio is still fresh the second time around. Earlier today on the Mac and Bone Show... People are worried about my health based off. I'm fine. I, I just messed a word up. His name is Joe Person. You got I said it, yo, yo person. I wasn't saying yo, Joe. <laughs> I said his name. He might be called yo but person. What? You uh, got I need it. you. I need, we got to do a on air uh, concussion test real quick. <laughs> what station are you currently broadcasting for? Uh, well, it's right here. 92.7 FM. <laughs> I almost said the AM. How about this one now? Here's a hard one. Let's yeah. see if your head's working okay. Are the Panthers good? No. Okay. All right. He's okay. All Although right. He yeah. He's good. He's good. We'll should, send him back that in. That answer should come a lot quicker than that. I though. had to remember if we were. <laughs> I forgot we were in November, not July. Right. July's a hell yeah. Mac and Bone with you. Coming up at 825, Adam Schefter is asked, is Frank Reich safe? Or could something happen to him in his first year or after his first year in terms of losing his job? Adam Schefter did not say uh, that he is 100% safe. You will hear his answer. We'll talk about it coming up. Like, is that where we're at? Are we at the point where his seat should be hot already after eight games? All right, anyway, we'll get into that. Uh, but we could talk about that. We could talk about many things right now with Joe Person uh, from The Athletic, has done an amazing job for years covering this football team. He should get double the pay these last few years for covering the Carolina Panthers. He does a great job uh, at it for The Athletic. Joe, what's go Joe Person with us. Joe, what's going on, brother? Good morning. What's uh, what's going on with Bone? Did he take a fall or what's happened? No, we were doing <laughs> we were doing a live read in the last, in the last break, and my my microphone uh, became unscrewed and it hit me in the head while we were talking, and then I kind of <laughs> oh. got then I kind of got unwrapped. It doesn't take much, Joe, for hey, me to get knocked listen. off track. Yeah, it's like every time I'm I'm with you guys, there's something going on with. Bone physically, and I remember uh, back in training camp, something happened to him up in Spartanburg. You think he was about to fall out from the heat? Yeah, it's remember, true. remember at Willie P's wedding, I, I hit the dance floor and I tried to do the worm, and I I faced down on the ground, and then you picked me up because you thought something happened. To me. It's true. Joe is very concerned about you. Joe's, Joe's like an angel, though. Whenever yeah. something happens, he just appears. <laughs> oh my goodness! That's why oh. I subscribe to the Athletic because Joe's my angel. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Describe uh, the athletic for Panthers news and sometimes uh, uh, angel-like qualities. There you, uh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, get that out there. I want that slogan on billboards. Uh, Joe, obviously, it was a perfect storm on Sunday. Bryce throws the two pick sixes and three total interceptions. And then right before that, C.J. Stroud happened to have thrown for a rookie record 470 and five touchdowns and a game winner in the final seconds. And I know you're hearing it. You're getting it from readers, too, by the way. Like, how are we supposed to feel about Young, about Stroud, about all of that right now, do you think? So, look, for the first seven, eight weeks, I've really tried to, you know, take a breath. 
this is a long season. Uh, it takes a couple years sometimes to, for, for these things to sort out. And then Bryce wins the head-to-head matchup against CJ. But, but yeah, I, I mean, I wrote this. It was impossible to ignore on Sunday. But just, be, be as you said, Mac, I mean, perfect storm. Yeah. And I, I did not see that coming, by the way. I mean, I, I thought the Panthers were going to beat the Colts. I, if, if anything, I thought they were going to, you know, kind of need a bunch of points to beat the Colts. But they've been given the in has been given up a ton of points. You guys know this. You've talked about it, and uh, and for 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 that to happen, that was just uh, you know, if you listen to Frank Reich, you listen to the the players in the locker room, and they say, look, it's part of the learning curve. Um, you know, it's not always a straight line. That's why they call it a curve. But I I don't know. I, it, it, and Bryce had been playing well. That's the thing, yeah. too. Like I, he hadn't had any games like CJ. I mean, nothing, nothing close to that. But we had seen progress in Miami. We saw, uh, you know, progress in Houston at, against Houston in two games in a row without a turnover. And uh, boy, it, it it just blew up on Sunday. Speaking of blowing up, Joe, what's your shock level at the performance of the offensive line this year? protecting Bryce. You know, we were at camp. We talked to you all all spring and summer. There wasn't too many discussions by anybody that follows this team about the offensive line being any problem. And sure enough, it has it has gone way backwards to just awful levels. What's your take right now on why this happened and your levels of shock with this? Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised, Bone. It, it, I think we all were in agreement that the line wasn't anything to be worried about. And uh, it, it it's been bad, and you know Austin Corbett's still getting his feet under him. I, I, on that second interception, Bryce threw uh, to the one, the one in the flat. No, I'm sorry, on his first pick six. If if you watch that replay, Austin got knocked back and, and right basically into Bryce's lap. Um, so I, you know, I, I think I think a couple things. One, the regression of of. Ike Iquanu has, has has been real and has been disappointing and, and somewhat alarming, uh, to say the least. And then two, I think you know maybe we all thought Austin Corbett was going to come in, you know, as the the White Knight and and be the savior immediately. And that that's that's tough to do after missing the time he did, not getting any preseason. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you you just wonder is it going to get any better? Um, you certainly hope so if you're Bryce Young, but you know that the the left guard Throckmorton is a journeyman. That that that's kind of patchwork over there. Um, Bradley Bozeman hadn't been playing very well at center, and you know it's a problem because here's the thing: I was I'm doing something this week with one of our Bears guys, and I was telling him that. Bryce is, you know, the the big thing we, the, the concern we all had about him and scouts and everyone else was his durability related to his size. And, and that hadn't been an issue yet. But where I've seen it play out, and I'm sure you guys too, is when the pocket's not clean and, and he can't really get, you know, step into his throws. That, and you don't really, that's where you see the, the arm strength and, and that be impacted, where he doesn't get a ton of zip. Like the like the throw to Cuba the other night, the one I was telling you about where where Corbett got knocked backwards, um, just no zip on that ball where where he can't really like get his platform and get his 
you know, his, his body under him. Uh, and, and that's happened too many times with this offensive line. We're talking with Joe Person from The Athletic. Uh, some of the best Panther coverage you're ever going to get at theathletic.com. Someone said he covers me on the unathletic.com. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's funny right there. That is well played. Offensive, hurtful. Joe, I teased it earlier before we had you on. We're going to play this clip of Adam Schefter. He was on the McAfee show, and he kind of, you know, hemmed and hauled when asked, hey, could – could Frank Reich be in trouble if they keep losing? And he kind of, you know, said with Tepper, you don't know. You just don't know what he could do and seemed to think it it could be possible if things don't get any better. Could you see Frank Reich being in jeopardy to lose his job, like, after just one year? Or do you think the heat goes more on Fitterer? What do you think about, like, the, the hot seats over there? Well, I think the first level of, of heat falls on Fitterer. Um, you know, he's been around longer, uh, you know, he, he, and I know we all want to put, put Bryce young on, on, uh, and not that it's a bad thing. I'm acting like he, you know, I mean, again, eight games, but, but we all want to say that, that Dave Tepper was the only person responsible and, and, you know, for, for picking Bryce over CJ Stroud. I mean, Scott Fitter and his staff were, you know, you know they, they were, they reached the first consensus on Bryce Young, and um, and I and I if, if Scott Fitter gets fired, it won't be because of Bryce Young. But you know he he had a bad free agency this year uh, with with Adam Thielen and and Von Bell really being the only guys who have done much. Uh, you know some of his drafts you look back and you know just not a lot of impact guys coming through and some of the trades he made to trade up for guys. Uh, to, you know, Terrace Marshall among them. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think if it, if things continue trending downward, I think Scott Fitter will, will, will really be in jeopardy. Now, does does David Tepper say, you know, the last time I did this, I fired the, you know the head coach first and they, you know, didn't do it together with with Marty and Ron. And so would he potentially say, I think it's going to be a little a, a, a better situation to clear everybody out? Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I tend to think Frank Reich and his staff will be safe just because, you know, uh, that would be quite an admission of, of getting it wrong by, by David Tepper and the amount of money they spent. I mean, you got, I mean, we all talked and wrote stories, glowing stories about this staff and, Tepper was willing to crack the wallet, and then for for him to to you know axe all of them less than a year later, that would be that would be crazy. But you know, if this team if if one in sixteen happens, then I think all bets are off for anything. Joe, that's an excellent point about it not just being about Bryce Young for Scott Fitterer. Because when I was watching the Raiders Lions game on Monday night a couple weeks ago. They were talking about Brad Holmes, who's in his third year as the Lions GM. 22 of his 23 draft picks are active on the Lions roster right now. The only one he missed was the seventh rounder in 2021. So I went and looked back at Scott Fitterer's three drafts. It's 13 of 22 players, but some of the players that are of the 13 are Terrace Marshall and some other guys that 
Are they long for here? We don't know. So in the three years of the Lions with Brad Holmes, 22 guys are playing. Night and day. Night and day. It's 13, uh, Joe. And a lot of those guys probably are not for long. Night and day. Joe, on that point, uh, one real quick thing. I won't won't take up your whole morning, nor nor do you want to hang with us the whole morning. Bo might get hurt again if you keep hanging with us. (laughs) Real quick answer to this. Like, one of the things with Fitterer that I've had a hard time with is, like, the feeling was that that Matt Rule had final say in personnel for Scott Furter's first couple years here. So I kind of felt like this was a bit of a fresh start for him. How much of a role does that play? Yeah, it's a good point. And uh, he, he kind of had that as protection, right? It's like, listen, don't, don't, don't kill me because a lot of these guys, Matt Rule wanted. Yeah. And I think there was some element to that. Not all, though. Yeah. I mean, and, and so that, that cloak is gone. And so it, it's going to fall on Scott. And listen, like, Scott Fitter is a sharp dude. Like, you know, he's well-liked in the league. He's got the scouting chops. But it's a production business. And this team is not producing and not even close to it. And uh, it's going to be an interesting last couple months, guys. It will be, man. All right, we appreciate it. Joe Person's coverage on The Athletic is absolutely great. Check him out on Twitter, too, at Joseph Person. Joe, you are the man. We appreciate it. All right, appreciate it, guys. Have a great week. Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from 6 to 10. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. This afternoon on the Wesson Walker Show. Carolina Panthers play the Chicago Bears on Thursday night football, and boy, do they need a victory. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. What are the chances they can actually win this game? You can text us. You can vent. You can bring the optimism, too, if you want. That's welcomed also. 704-570-9610. The text line is 704-570-9610. It would be a bad loss, Wes. Just like this one against the Indianapolis Colts. Trying to build off a win against Houston, where Bryce Young outperformed the QB that had been playing so much better. And then I think we went back to reality this past weekend 
when C.J. Stroud almost put up half a foul on Tampa Bay. Did that warrant my number one ranking? Oh, no, because it was all about what they were doing then. <laughs> he was going to do that. Yeah. And then so C.J. Stroud only throwing for 130, 140. I think that's what justified my ranking of number five. Gotcha. If we were to redo it, then maybe it would. But, yeah, it wasn't good for Carolina either way. And then this is <laughs> – I wonder how we would be talking about this game if C.J. just threw for 250, even in a win. If he just threw for 250, how would we be talking about it? We'd probably still bring him up. But we wouldn't bring him up nearly as much. We've been talking about C.J. Stroud just as much as damn near Houston sports radio might be. Well, I mean, he's a part of Charlotte sports history because he was the guy that the mm-hmm. Panthers could have taken. It was the reverse of Wemby. I mean, you could have had Wemby, but uh, the lottery balls didn't go your way. You get the second pick and could have had C.J. Stroud, but you chose someone over him. Th- that's what is so different, though, because you didn't have a chance at Wemby. Sure. You were close, but you didn't have a chance. You would have drafted him clearly, and you couldn't. You could have drafted C.J. Stroud. You could have drafted Anthony Richardson, but you decided to go with Bryce Young, which brings a lot of pressure. When you have that many QBs that are being juggled as the number one overall pick and you decide to grab on to Bryce Young and he's performing the way that he did against Indianapolis, although getting better from what he was at the beginning of the season, takes a a real big setback. So here's the number one overall pick by the general manager who can't hide behind the fact that he doesn't have authority anymore over personal decisions. He does. It's personal and personnel. I should say there's too many cat stats that made me go back to per. So when it comes to personnel for Scott Fitterer, he doesn't get to hide behind Matt rule anymore. He's the guy that chose Bryce young. Frank Wright gave him his blessing, whether he needed it or not. After they had a long deliberation over the offseason. And maybe it was David Tepper driving that home so much so that Fitterer didn't feel like he could choose anyone else. But that's the choice. And Fitterer is going to be the guy that has to pay. Here's my question because we already had the Scott Fitterer conversation for the most part yesterday. I'm sure we'll continue to do so. If Scott Fitterer is the next guy to go, what are the possibilities Frank Reich has gone to? Um... I think, of course, they're going to give Frank Reich this season, and then I think next season, oh, I think the, the seat is going to get hot if things don't start out the way that uh, they feel that it needs to, which uh, what is the, the line of progress after you come off potentially a one, two, three win season? Is it going to be five wins, six wins? Is it going to be inside of your first five or six games? You, ta- you should have two to three wins before they decide to move on. But we know most coaches in the NFL these days, you get about two seasons roughly. And I'm saying roughly because if the first season goes really bad and then you come out and that second season doesn't start well, you're probably going to be on the chopping block. I think at this point, it doesn't bode well for you if you're Frank Reich and you don't finish this season you know, with more than X amount of wins. You know, if you have just a couple of wins on your name, that's definitely going to make the lease a lot shorter. Leash. There- There were 11 coaches since 2011 fired after just one season with their team. It's happening a little more frequently over the last couple of years. In fact, it's happened four times over the last four years. Urban Meyer could even make it to one season. That was justified. I think we all understand that was justified. David Culley, not so justified in my opinion. Houston moves on from David Culley in 2021. And then you look at Nathaniel Hackett. Bad first year with Denver. Sean Payton will tell you so. And Lovey Smith. Houston would move on from their first year head coaches two times in a row. 
Panthers would be the 12th team to do so since 2011 if David Tepper decided that they were going to move on. Fiddy, do we have that sound from Adam Schefter on the Pat McAfee show? I don't know if you wanted to talk about it in the live wire. I just think it's relevant here with this conversation. Let's go ahead and play that sound. Adam Schefter joined Pat McAfee to tell you, yeah, even if you don't see it a ton when a coach is fired after the first season, it's certainly on the table for Carolina. I, I don't think anybody's got a long rope there just because of the type of season that they're having. And if we go back to last year, Matt Rule, you know, there were stories coming out the week before he's fired. David Tepper is going to be patient. David Tepper is going to take us. Hey, one thing about David Tepper, he's not very patient. He's as successful as he is because of uh, the way he's operated his business. And it's worked for him basically at every level. Um, he does what he wants. And I don't think that people are thinking that there's trouble right now with those people. But would anybody be surprised with anything that happens in Carolina after this year? No. No. Look, you have the kind of season that they have. And mm-hmm. let, let's keep in mind, uh, they play the Bears Thursday night. The Bears have their number one draft pick. So if the Bears win on Thursday, that's a huge victory in, in a bigger way than just the game itself. For the Chicago Bears on Thursday night, it, it, again, this is not the kind of season that the Carolina Panthers expected. So, you know, whether we're talking about the Giants or the Panthers or any team that's going through what they're going through, and this is the kind of year where it gets to be a long, miserable season, there are going to be people that lose jobs wherever it is. There are going to be changes that are made wherever it is. That's the way the league runs and operates. I remember when David Tepper took over. Everybody was discussing how he was coming from an organization that practiced patience as much as anybody. Always kind of shrugged my shoulders at that because Pittsburgh, while they were patient for sure, they also got it right pretty immediately. And they would stick with how many coaches have they had in the last like 70 years, right? Just three, something, something crazy like that. I feel like David Tepper has been more patient than the fan base has with his head coaching hirings. Ron Rivera, remember, he stuck around a little bit. You have Matt Rule. I thought he should be gone after two years. Sure. Stuck with him. And then moved on after just five games, but did stick with him going into the next offseason. I think part of this is a little egotistical in the fact that you don't want to admit that you made a mistake so early. And it does scream dysfunction if you move on one year after a coach. And by the way, as much as we might not like Frank Reich, Reich has been successful in this league. With an owner like Jim Irsay, by the way, who also doesn't have a great reputation. So now you're saying this environment is not conducive to winning. Frank Reich can't do it. It would be a bad look, but if a mistake is a mistake, then you want to move on. I just wonder if it's going to happen with Frank Reich and Scott Fitterer. If they do, do they do it together? Does David Tepper decide we're cleaning house with Frank Reich and Scott Fitterer gone? Yeah, and as I said, I think that that's the way to do it. Maybe not at the end of this season, but I think that that's the way to do it. You don't want to just get rid of one and then bring in another one, and then they're not on the same page and then you've got issues there. I think you need to bring in a head coach and a general manager together and get rid of them together. And so uh, I think that that's the way that the Panthers should go. And I think that they're going to give them an off season and part of next year to be able to write the ship, so to speak. And they are certainly, they've got their work cut out for them. If they're able to turn this thing around next season, then they'll be, 
deserving of being here for a while, but uh, their backs are certainly against the wall. Yeah, Trekker T writes in, yeah, Frank Reich was successful with a QB named Andrew Luck, which is true. And this is what happens. I, I remember John Fox went through this quite a bit when people were questioning whether he should be a head coach and whether he was successful here in Carolina outside of that Super Bowl run. It's, yeah, Frank Reich was successful with Andrew Luck. He was also successful with last year, Philip Rivers, who moved on from the Chargers for a reason. They were ready to move on from him, too, and also played 500 or better football with Carson Wentz, Nick Foles, Jacoby Brissett. There are some redeeming factors about him. It doesn't mean that he's been great. It doesn't mean that they have been flawless in developing Bryce Young. But if you want to continue to go to the one constant, then it's David Tepper taking over and this team not being able to put up 500 football anymore or even a winning record. Goodness gracious. We'd love a winning record now. Like you have gotten close at least to 500, but yeah, we would just want that back. We want, we had the second half of last season and now you're not even getting close to it. They also damned themselves with the comments of all we have to do is drop a QB onto this roster. Yes. And we'll be good. Because they ain't. And that's what I go back to Adam Schefter's part in that comment that he had, where he says, the Panthers did not expect this season to go the way that it has. Yeah, and I'm not surprised by that. I, Of course, it, I, nobody did. I understand that maybe we, not overrating, but maybe we had too high of an expectation on what Bryce Young could do immediately. Even if C.J. Stroud is doing what he's doing in Houston, it's still a lot to ask for your rookie QB. Everything else went so poorly around him. But those comments, when you make those comments, then it's not just the media telling you that this is going to be a fun season. It's them, too. And usually they're a little scared to tell you that we're going to accomplish this goal. That's why you never hear individual goals or even team goals. But they told you, all we got to do is drop a QB on this roster and we're, we're good. Well, they've been anything but, Wes. Not at all. And when you look at the messaging that we got coming out of camp, a lot of stuff got debunked as the season started. Whether it was just how far ahead of the curve that Bryce Young was. They felt like that they were going to not only be able to give him what was in the playbook already, but expand upon it, add new elements to it. They talked about Mingo, how much of a gym rat he was, how ready he was. Everything we heard was everybody was ready to go, locked and loaded. And even through the preseason, when we started to see some of those things fall apart with the offensive line and different things like that, you know, we heard that things were going to be fine. They were going to figure it out. They're not really showing what they're going to show once once the regular season came and this team definitely stacked expectations we brought into it uh, to an extent and it's been nothing but that. And so uh, there was a lot of uh, just bad hyperbole to go around at the beginning of this season. And so now they have to dig themselves out of this. 704-570-9610. Tell us how, how you're feeling about David Tepper, Scott Fitterer, even Frank Reich, whatever, again, on the text line. Yeah, Fort Mill Niner wrote in, Tepper isn't even the best hedge fund manager in Charlotte anymore. That is Biff. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like the head coach of the Charlotte 49ers, which, by the way, I think we understand that it's not true. But also, I like to live in a world where it is true, that the Charlotte football coach is better is a better hedge fund manager than what the owner of the professional franchise is here in Charlotte. Heat fan said, yeah, we agree with Wes. We're just going to keep... 
shooting ourselves in the foot if we keep alternating the firing of GM or coach, just let it ride out till mid next year. If it's still bad, then fire them both. But that's what I wonder, is the fan base okay with sticking with Frank Reich because they had a lot of criticism for him at the beginning of the year. So I do wonder, and you can text us again, you know the number by now, are you willing to deal with Frank Reich the rest of the season so you can have some semblance of stability, like any iota of stability, even if it means losing a lot with Frank Reich as your head coach the second half this season? Because not only that, man, just the continuity, because that sets Bryce back as well. We know the time that it's taken for him to be able to learn an offense and for quarterbacks to learn offenses, and we see that he's struggling with this one. So it's like, do you really want to go into another season, him having to learn a whole nother offense and a whole nother, uh, you know, vernacular for said offense and then guys have to learn new defenses and learn new everything and it's like putting everybody back at square one so that's why I think you give them the time to be able to make some uh, additions to be able to help this team go into next season with some continuity see what you have if it's not working out get them out of here yeah it's going to be interesting to see especially with Adam Schefter telling us it's going to be a wild second half. And Joe Person said it too, joining Mac and Bone, I believe, earlier today, talking about how fascinating the storylines could become. We're just such, we're in an area of such uncertainty. I, I, we don't know what's going to happen. Now everything's on the table. Because we didn't think that Frank Reich might be on the outs at the end of this season, but now he is. And, and Scott Fitter, we did like we, we did kind of discuss, OK, if things go so terribly wrong, Scott Fitter would be the first guy out because now the drafting, the free agent signings, the bad trades, it, Scott Fitter is the one closely associated to that. And if, if it happens again to where they don't have a winning record, even sniff NFC South contention, then he was always going to be the guy that I think was going to be the uh, fall guy. You can hear Wes and Walker live and local every weekday afternoon from noon to three. Sit tight and stay locked because instant replay continues next. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Earlier this afternoon on the Kyle Bailey Show. Right now, we talk college football with Michael Felder, former Tar Heel defensive back, East Mech Eagle, and college football analyst with Stadium. He's back with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. What's up, buddy? How are you? 
I'm doing fantastic, man. I um, yeah. This, this is the guy they wanted. This, I, it's the guy. Listen, I'll say this. It's the guy I thought they should have took. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hide from that. I'm not gonna run away from it. I thought that hurt. I thought that um, excuse me. I thought Young was the right choice, and I think that listen, the goal now is to put a team around him because this man being sacked, good be he running for his life. Yeah, it's, it's not good, Mike. It's not good. But let, let's let's change the subject here to uh, what's happening in Raleigh today. MJ Morris going to redshirt yeah. the rest of the season at NC State, and it's left a lot of people, even probably especially Wolfpack fans, scratching their heads and wondering what's going on here. What's your take on it? Uh, it's the second guy to do it, and I think the key is like, hey man, if you're gonna if, if it's gonna be uh, back and forth, back and forth, I'd rather uh, save a year and. It's going to be interesting, and folks, there's going to be some folks who get upset, especially if Brandon Armstrong um, struggles, or they have to go to the backup, backup. And but at the end of the day, it's he's thinking about his career and he's thinking about what he's going to do, and it gives him an extra year to learn and it gives him some extra time to you know work on his body and, and and figure out college defenses. So I'm not bothered by it. I think it's one of those things where the key is going to be keeping him in the nest. Right, like that's going to be the key, or excuse me, it's the Wolfpack, so to keep him in the dead, <laughs> if you will. But the key is going to be to keep him there so that he doesn't end up leaving like Devin Lear. Yeah, I, I, but how do you go back to NC State after this? Like, is this a, is this an MJ Morris decision? You know, because he's unhappy with some situation, or is this coaching staff boosters wanting to save him for next year? I, I, I can't figure out who's really behind this. That's the part. That's the part that's hard because you look at this and you're like. But don't you want to keep playing? But he he hit a number. Those four. He's three and one as a starter. Like he's done well. So what does this look like for him? And he's like, you know what? Maybe he's seen something in practice that we don't get to see, right? Yeah. Whether it's players or he feels like if it, if, it, if one more year he's going to be able to have full mastery of this offense, right? And so maybe that's what it is. It's it's one of those situations where, and also you don't want to keep looking over your shoulder. And, and Armstrong's gone. And then he'll just be the guy, and he doesn't have to worry about anything. Yeah, yeah, it's it's wild. But you know what? They bounce back. They've beaten Clemson and and, yeah. uh, and Miami in back to back weeks, and now Dave Dorn is the winningest head football coach in North Carolina state history. How about that, Mike? That's I and I didn't realize it, but then you go back and you think about it. And this isn't me. No, no tea, no shade, no pink lemonade. This is truly like they play way more games, <laughs> and. So when you look at how many games he's played compared to other guys, it's 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 really wild to see how many more games he's had um, than 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 other um, than the other like like was it Sheridan like these guys like he's played like he he just like they played twelve games a year when I got to college in two thousand three we were playing ten or eleven games and the eleventh game was like a bonus and. This was like one of those things, and that, and, and it's the same as with stats, right? Where when you look at this, and you look at these head coaches, and you look at obviously, I, I when I got to college, you know who was the head coach when I got to college? Amato. Yeah, yeah, right. buddy, the sunglasses. Oh, yeah, the Chuck the chest. Oh my god. <laughs> and like Dave, like twenty, he's he's been there for a decade, one hundred and twenty-eight games. And this guy is like he's played more games. His winning percentage is, I've, I mean, he's this is a sixty percent winning coach. Lou Holtz obviously was there and won over seventy percent of his games. And then we know what happened with Lou Holtz. Uh, Monty Kiffin was there. He only won fifty percent of his games. You look at Dick Sheridan. 
Uh, and it's one of those things where you're like, Dick Sheridan won more. He won more games, but he wasn't there as long, and they didn't play as many games. So I think this is a, a testament to like, hey man, this guy got it done. Good job. Keep going. And I, I just the, the the biggest key and the thing that I think frustrates NC State fans is not being able to take that next step. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. I mean. That's the thing with MJ sitting down. It's like you're three wins away from a nine-win season. It's it's very strange. You know, you, you've you've won two big games. I just I don't really get it, man. But let's move on here. Um, my Hokies got smashed by Louisville on Saturday, and uh, that's that's all right. I don't think they were ready for that moment yet. But man, I'm I'm so impressed by the job that Jeff Brom has done in, in year one in Louisville. And I, now he's an alum. He knows the place, and I'm not shocked that he's doing a good job, Mike. But how's this happening there so quickly? He knows how to talk to these kids. We can spend all the time we want talking about Dion and Coach Prime and the motivation and blah, 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 blah. You know who's doing it? Brom. Quiet. Hey, you're at Louisville. Did you want to come to Louisville? There's a handful of kids that Louisville was their first choice. There's a couple. But Louisville is a choice uh, for kids who are like, oh, I'm not going to get to go to Virginia Tech or I'm not going to get to go to Ohio State or I'm not going to get to go to Penn State. I'll go to Louisville. They sold me on their offense. And that's not a knock on Louisville. It's a testament to Brom being like, come here. We can build something special. And you know what we can do? Beat all these teams. And Bobby Petrino did it when he was at Louisville, back when they were in conference freaking USA. He did it. <laughs> he did the same thing. And he did the same thing. And he was like, oh, they, oh Eric Shelton or whatever. Like, oh, you, oh, they don't want you at this place? Okay, come here. And guess what we're doing? We're going to be smarter than them. We're going to be faster. We're going to be stronger. We're going to get it done. And that's what they're doing. And I really love that for them. I love that about them. And they got a proud football culture there. And so I, I really enjoy watching this team play because, man, do they zip around the football field. And that levels offense that they run makes you wrong every time. It gives me nightmares as a defensive, former defensive back. Oh, and the physicality up front on both sides of the ball. Yeah. I mean, it, look, things could change. Georgia, How about Brent Key and Georgia Tech so just quietly oh. climbing up the standings here? Um, but I, I do think we get Florida State and Louisville in the ACC title game here in right. Charlotte in a couple of weeks. And it was funny. I was talking to Eric McLean yesterday, and he hit me with a trivia yeah. question. Um, it was about the grass versus turf thing. And I, w- I was not aware of that with Louisville. You know, the only two games they played poorly this year, lost one of them, was on turf. And yep. I'm telling you, if Florida State, Louisville, I, I think Louisville could very well be your ACC champion this year, Mike. Oh, they, they absolutely could. And especially if they keep cooking. And, like, the difference between what they have versus what Florida State has is going to be really interesting. And, and let me, you know what, KB, let me ask you this. What Miami team do we see week to week? Oh, Mike, don't get me started on Miami. <laughs> Mike, don't get me started. Bro, I was hollering the, the second they hired Mario Cristobal that that was a bad decision. I don't think the guy can coach his way out of a wet paper bag. He can recruit. He'll 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 build you an SEC recruiting machine wherever he is, but he can't coach his way out of a wet paper bag, man. So this weekend at Florida State, Florida State, we expect to take it home. But then what if Miami comes out and they're like, oh, and by the way, guess what? We put our big boy pants on today. Yeah. Now you got a problem. So it's going to be interesting. Florida State obviously is a team that just like they. I I I love this team. I think they are getting disrespected, disrespected from a public public. That's a lot to get out. <laughs> I think they're being disrespected publicly, especially with respect to the rankings, and we know those come out tonight. Uh, but they've got Miami, they've got Florida, and then they have to play this ACC championship game. And I think they're gearing up for a massive run, and I want to see what that looks like. 
do I trust Norvell against a guy like Nick Saban? No, absolutely not. No. Um, which, by the way, uh, Alabama, I have decided this. It takes me a while every now and then to figure out who my favorite team is. Alabama's my favorite team this season. And not my favorite team in the championship. They're like appointment viewing. I will watch this team, and then I'll watch the game again because I want to see what Nick Saban is changing and what he's doing. That's a sidebar. But Florida State is probably my second favorite team because these guys are cruising. And they just, it's one of those things. It takes, sometimes it takes 25 minutes, sometimes it takes 35 minutes. But once they hit that 35 minute mark, they're like, you know what we got? A dub. Let's go get it. Let's go get it. Um, Drake May said today that he's not taking part in Carolina's Senior Day ceremony the, the weekend uh, before the Duke game. Says he's not decided about next year and whether or not he's turning pro. You believe that? I mean, I believe that he's not going to take part in it. I don't know if he's, I mean, what's he going to do? Go back to school? Right. For what? UNC, UNC is the oldest public education institution in America. Guess what it's going to be when he goes to the NFL? It's going to still be there. I remember Ty Lawson going back to school. I remember I remember watching the, the NBA playoffs. And Vince Carter was late for a playoff game because he went to, back to get his degree to help to make his mom proud. You can always go back to school, my man. So unless he thinks that UNC's got a got a bead on winning a national championship, what's the point of going back to school? Trying to figure that out myself. I, I, I get what he's saying. He's not trying to attract attention or, or distract from anything, and I respect it. Um, I just don't believe it. Mike, real quick, I'll let you go on this. Uh, you haven't gotten to weigh in on this show on Tyler from Spartanburg and the impact he's so clearly had on Clemson's football program. Does he get a statue or a middle finger after Saturday? I mean, a statue with a middle finger? <laughs> yeah, let's go both. <laughs> let's go both. But, I mean, that team showed up, man. They really they showed up. They showed out. And I think the biggest key, and I, you mentioned Eric McLean. I, I talked to him on Monday as well. I talked to him every Monday, him and Roddy Jones on a serious XM. And the, the analogy that I came up with was Mafa, Mafa is, he's a knife. He will stab you, and you're going to be very hurt, and it's not going to be good for you. Will Shipley is a multi-tool. He's a leatherman, right? Where he can block a little bit, he can split out wide, he can run a screen, he can split, he can do all these little things. And I think using Mafa to fully destroy and then sprinkling in Shipley, like, I'll put it this way for you. I know I got to go, but I'll put it this way for you, KB. Mafa, he's the beef that goes into. He's the beef that I'm making tacos tonight. So he's the beef that goes into your tacos. And you need that. But Shipley is like, whether you're going to use, are we going to use bell peppers? Do we want to put some onions? Are we going to use some cilantro? Are we going to, Shipley has all those elements with him? Fantastic. Great. But you can't have that as just a taco. And I say this with no disrespect to our vegetarian listeners out there, but you can't have all the toppings with no beef. Does that, you got me? Smoke order tacos during the break. Please order tacos. Thank you. Uh, Mike, thanks for that. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. I'm friggin' starving now. Awesome. You tuned into Instant Replay when the audio was so good, it has to be heard again. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan.